Welcome to episode 15 of the Australian Athletic Podcast. And today we have a good friend of ours and also another person in the strength conditioning realm, Ben Faruto. Nice to have me, fellas. No worries. He is the owner of Puzzle Strength Conditioning and she has a bit of a unique perspective in terms of incorporating strength conditioning and physiotherapy work uh, into our field and also working with some different populations. Ben, do you want to give it a little bit of a description in terms of what you exactly do? Yeah, so Puzzle's is essentially a physiotherapy business that focuses on improving the health outcomes of people living with special needs. So think autism, Down syndrome. And personally, I think all physiotherapists should have a very strong incorporation of strength conditioning as part of their practice. So I would focus primarily on the strength conditioning side of physiotherapy and with that population. Now, what led you upon that journey? Not many people go out from the outset saying, I want to get into uni, I want to study strength conditioning or physio, and I want to work with, I guess, how do I say it, populations that need a little bit more assistance. What actually inspired you to go down that path? Most people say, I want to go and work for a professional sporting club, I want to do this, I want to do that. What made you specifically go down that route? So I did have experience um, in the SNC field in elite sport and I liked it, but I felt that I like saying I did it more than I actually like doing it myself. Um, and I was working in private practice physio and that was always my plan, but I had a really unique bond with my cousin who's on the spectrum and private practice definitely wasn't doing it for me. And I remember I was working in aged care at the time and I was kind of complaining to my mate because I just wasn't happy with work and I wanted to do something different. Then I had like this idea of doing strength and conditioning and physio with people with special needs because of that bond I have with my cousin. And he said, why don't you start a business? And I was like, I don't know how to do that. No, many <laughs> like, of us do. I'm in my second year out of uni. Like people don't generally start businesses that quickly out of university. But he said, I'll teach you. So thanks Danny for that. Um, so he, he taught me. And then from there, puzzles slowly formed, and yeah. It wasn't an overnight process, though. Like I said, most of us don't go in this, first of all, to work in that field, but also none of us have business majors. Well, majority of us don't have business majors or have any idea how to start a business. We yeah. go in there simply for the passion of we like to improve people, we like to train people, and we like to see results. We're results-oriented, but then setting up a business on top of that, all of a sudden your workload just goes from knowing one little niche area to knowing a lot more. Yeah, it's definitely been a year of learning to me, that's for sure. The S&C side of things hasn't been too much of a stressful part. Like, if I ever have concerns about that, I generally just come here and ask you guys and learn through doing, which is awesome. The business side of things was quite stressful and learning all that, but I have generally enjoyed the process. And I think what kind of gets me through is, like, I actually love my job now, which is just awesome. Um, I always found that people with special needs weren't always given the opportunity that people who didn't have special needs were given and it baffled me because they're the ones who generally have poorer health outcomes. So I thought like, let's just go for it. And you know, just because someone starts a little bit behind the eight ball with their development doesn't mean they can't catch up and like exceed, you know, I guess general population if you want to call it because I've got athletes now who are playing state level, you know, baseball and basketball when it's not, it's just because they put in work. That's literally what what model do you use to program for someone with special needs? Uh, obviously, we know how we structure a strength conditioning program or when you see someone with injury, what do you use as a basis in comparison for that for special needs? 
I don't change it. You don't change it's it? It's literally the same. Like I, the way I assess everyone is how I'd assess anyone else. Like I look at their current capacity and I look at their goals and then I progress them from there. It's literally no different. Yeah. 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 If you guys weren't aware, Jazz has been laughing in the background as well. We, like I said, a lot of the times we go into having this idea of we want to work with this population, we want to work with that population, but it changes quite a bit in our career path. And Jazz, I think you started out with kit. Well, you've moved towards wanting to train youth athletes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that probably ties into where you've changed from maybe that SNC role working with elite sports to the populations that you're working with now. What do you find? differs in terms of where you find where you receive the job satisfaction if I, I know snc you can do a lot of work for sort of minimal adaptation and minimal results that matter in sport but what do you like to see in your clients and what yeah what gives you that job satisfaction that you have now i think two things one's opportunity like a lot of the time they're not presented with the opportunities um and they want it they're just not given the yeah given the chance and the other one is a lot of the clients I work with have quite low self-esteem because, you know, the stigma around it, I guess. Yep. And all of a sudden now they've gone from being like the least athletic in their class to the most athletic and like winning things in sports day, things that they'd never expect to do. And like, they're just loving it. Yeah, and, it awesome. and it's sick. Like, I absolutely love it. And like, I have some other cool stories, like little things like a girl I work with has selective mutism. And I'm one of like the eight people she'll speak to and stuff like that. It's just nice. Like you build like this. That's really the lack of communication. You said lack of opportunities, the lack of communication, because I guess they don't have the ability to get on the front foot and say, yes, I want to do this. They need that little bit of support system where you come in, that they flourish. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. And I think you just gotta, you gotta take it easy. Like you can't just go in and throw a whole, whole bunch of ideas at them because it will get quite overwhelming. Like sometimes I'll have people coming in for the first time and they're brought to me by their parents and they'll say like, I don't want to be here. And it's like, all right, fair enough. I can't just make you do something because A, I hate doing stuff that I don't want to do. So I'm not going to force anyone to do anything that they don't want to do. So they kind of just choose a couple of exercises. The best exercise is the exercise that gets done. The exercise that gets done is the one you enjoy. So I let them choose a couple of exercises, make a game out of it and generally like we'll start to gradually build rapport and they end up, hanging out with me quite often awesome. i love that it's not training with you it's hanging out with you quite often that's the thing yeah well all these like all these kids always have therapy and they don't want to go to therapy they just want to hang out with someone have fun lift some weights and just chill and that's it doesn't feel like physiotherapy when you're with me and that's why like it's not puzzles physiotherapy it's puzzles strength and conditioning because strength and conditioning sounds a hell of a lot cooler than physio oh yeah i find yeah. when you're working with younger athletes as well younger younger populations it's not just an opportunity to help them develop strength power speed or physically in the gym you're also there to help them develop as a good person and yeah to help them help, help them learn how to communicate um if they're struggling with something you can ask them questions just developing good people should be the bottom line of training youth yeah, absolutely. Youth or in general? In general. But yeah. I think we have a lot more influence. influence. And yeah. even if it's not a positive training session, it can still be a positive experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's been plenty of times where, like, I'll have someone come in and they're just not feeling it, like, that day and they'll refuse to do some work. But, like, we'll do a little bit of work, we'll hang out, we'll chat. If they leave feeling better, like, we've won that, we've won that game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to sound like I'm refusing to claim that aging exists aging does exist but mm -hmm. the big thing is especially when um, people get older in their 60s 70s 
they lose cognitive ability first before they lose uh, physical ability. Yeah. And the more that they can communicate, often I'll see people here, the better they perform physically. And I think you can almost put that the same with someone with special needs. If they're not communicating, if they're not getting involved in society and in their community, they'll often de- be deterred from doing anything physically. Yeah. And that's where the, probably they'll see the most, I guess, repercussions of that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a vicious cycle as well because if they're not confident, they won't want to go into the community. Yeah. So it's... And if they don't want to communicate, community, they won't communicate. So, like, it's it's building that rapport and gradually building that confidence with someone who's who they trust that you can gradually get them out into the community. Mm-hmm. But if they don't trust you, they're not going to do anything. Like, they will do fuck all. How do you build that trust with someone, especially that struggles with communication? That's just such an individualized thing. Yeah. Like, you you can't. You become the best bloke in the world called Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could be in the top ten percent of best blokes all the time. <laughs> I think it's a hard thing to try and pan out a model of communication especially when it's so individualized and so subjective to whoever you're working with at the time yeah and sometimes it's hard to articulate that as well yeah um it's it might just come on the fly especially if you're top 10 percent best blokes of all time yeah of course it's always on the fly it has to be you, yeah. you can't just create some form of model for communication like i'm sure there are there but i just don't write that i think that's just genuine communication and genuine care taken to your to your clients that you don't have a model or a script or anything it has to be communication yeah of course of course and look sometimes that you'll have you'll work with people in your life that generally don't want to work with you and like for me that's that's a challenging thing to comprehend because not everyone wants to exercise and you don't always get along with everyone and like i like being liked so like if someone doesn't want to work with me (laughs) i'm like well please like me um so you had any experiences or any um cases come to you where maybe it hasn't been a right fit for you and uh, the individual to train it together. So yep. maybe do you refer outwards in that case? Yeah. So I had um, one guy who I... So I did a camp when I was at school for people with special needs and helped look after them for, I think it was three nights for, for respite. And there was this boy who was, who was there. And I remember his care at the time still kept in good communication with him. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, I see so much capacity to build. So I contacted um, the the carer at the time who was working with him, who I knew, and she contacted the parents. Parents contacted me and like I was I was super excited. She's like, yeah, let's, let's bring him in. Let's do some work. I'm like, sweet. And he came in and he just didn't want to do anything. And I was like, oh, no, like this is this is quite a debacle. Um, and I kept my call, which is good, but like, I could just tell he just didn't want to exercise and yeah. just didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, and then I said to the mum, I said, like, is this normal? And she said, like, yeah, he just doesn't like exercise and he just figured out you're a physio. And like, from there, like, he's just <laughs> not going to do it. I'm like, well, how long do I give this? And she's like, you'll know within three, four sessions if he's going to like, like you or if you can change him. All right. I said, all right, cool. Like, let's give it a crack. Worked with him for three or four sessions and he like he just didn't want to be there like we tried doing some stuff but he just wasn't happy yeah and like in this situation you've got two options you can either persist and just try and make it work but we weren't doing anything personally i thought they were wasting their money is it a fine line between persistence to try and build that rapport and sort of forcing that rapport as well if someone's not going to like you, if someone doesn't like you after the first two, three times hanging out with you, they're not going to like you. Yeah. So I called up the mum and I felt really guilty. I called up and I said, look, I feel horrible saying this and the last thing I want to do is 
give up on your son. And like, if you want me to keep working with him, I absolutely will. But he is like really upset when he comes here. He's miserable. And like, I can just tell he just doesn't want to be here. And like, I feel like if we just, if he comes in and we practice walking for like 20 meters, like it's just not a good use of his funds. I know he likes water. Um, and I've got a mate who does an awesome um, immersion therapy business, determined to, shout out. Um, and I think he'd be far better suited to them just because he'll enjoy it more and he'll be happier. You mentioned one. Who else is there in South Australia doing this? Who else is there in Australia doing this? Doing what? What you do. Oh, Flying Kiwi, my boy. Yeah, based in Queensland? He's based in Queensland, yeah. He's the king. And uh, the Flying Kiwi, his model is he likes to introduce... Um, powerlifting yeah that's super cool so um mr kiwi and i have been chatting um about potentially next year when he holds the flying kiwi cup bringing a couple of athletes up from adelaide awesome. and they'll compete which will be a lot of fun and i've got a couple of athletes who are quite keen and that's their motivation to come which is so if you adopted a similar model so that sort of powerlifting focus where it's more of a task-based session for bench squat and deadlift yeah um among yeah among other things like that probably some cardio as well but it's so individualized like i've got athletes so that'll be sport specific some people just want to come in and do some general full body work it's all dependent on what they like what they're interested in but if if i can bias it i love the powerlifting side of things because i think people get a lot of self-confidence through numbers and being strong and being strong well there you go there's your outcome measures it's what else do you do you're in the gym what what do people do when they say oh I want to get stronger. Okay, let's see if you can lift a little bit more. Right, and that's generally my outcome measure a lot of the time is, yeah, numbers-based, as it should be. Um, People get uptight about chasing numbers. It's okay. Like, (laughs) it means that you've achieved and you're trying to get better. Yeah, of course. Random training produces random results, so it's nice to have something structured, numbered-based, and, like, testing, retesting is the greatest. Like, who doesn't get fired up for one rep max a week? Like, you love it. If you're not here to, that's your challenge to adversity. Welcome to learning life lessons in the gym. Yeah, and like I kind of love it because like I get really engrossed in it. So like if they hit a BB, I PB. I feel like I've hit a PB. Yeah. But if they missed it, I'm hating it because like I really wanted that number. That's all on you as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got me you're not fun. really in it for them. You're just there for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I want those numbers just to prove that you are the best bloke in the world. <laughs> With the communication side of things, yep. um, obviously it can be difficult to be successful in that, especially with working with special needs clients how do you find queuing exercises or queuing tasks like what do you have to do differently that you might not have to do with someone else for the thing that i notice the biggest difference is the amount of times i have to repeat myself yeah um that would probably be yeah the the big one because yeah go on sorry do you need to find it just needs to be repeated so it resonates with them yeah um for example Think of like a, a seated row, keeping your elbows tucked in yeah. and your chest up. Like I might have to repeat that a few times saying that. And if that doesn't work, I'll videotape me and videotape them and then we'll compare it yeah. and like point out the differences. And like generally, generally they'll get it. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes time. It takes time. Okay. Yeah. You have to learn a sense of patience whenever you're dealing, yeah, special needs, but with anyone. As part of year four Exercise Physiology University placement, I had to spend five weeks full-time in a dementia ward teaching people how to exercise. You can imagine after five weeks teaching someone how to squat every single cue, every single uh, repeated message that I had to do, you eventually go, you just have to do it. You have to have that patience. You have to have that tolerance. People need to learn. This isn't their full-time job. This is your full-time job to teach them. But 
that's not what they do. And especially with someone with special needs, they might not retain it as well. Yeah. Someone random might not retain it as well, but you have to be able to guide them. That's what you're there for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of them are pretty self-motivated though, which is awesome. So like they will try their best and like generally it would be like a, I teach, you watch, you do model. And then from there I'll generally progress it to a, you teach, I watch, you do eventually, like there's steps in between, but like I get them to teach me because if they can teach me, then they've nailed it, right? It's such an awesome learning tool. It's awesome. And like my goal isn't to train them forever. Like I want them integrated in the community. I want them going to gyms. You want some autonomy in there. Yeah, like I I generally bring people to Limbo, um, the other gym that I train at. um, And from there, like they'll join up there. And like the goal is get them in the community, get them in an environment where like they can thrive and if yeah if my goal is just to train a one-on-one forever like i just don't feel like i'm doing my job for me the biggest achievement that i can ever have with a client is to know that they can do it themselves yeah now they might still want to hire me for training or hire one of us for training yeah but i know that if i let them to do at their own device they could have easily done it yeah of course yeah i just like yeah work working with motivated people who just generally really want to get out and give it a red hot crack is yeah. just the best part of the job yeah now you've probably done the most amount of shout outs hence the best bloke in the world that we've had for businesses now let's go into the business aspect mm-hmm. what's been the biggest challenge of setting up this and just your own business in the last year especially of even with covid uh, covid was i can't complain about covid man like i probably missed one or two weeks of work so i'm not even going to bother complaining about covid all right then just simply setting up a business world was the toughest part I just had no fucking idea. <laughs> like, I just, I had no idea. Join like, the club. <laughs> right? It was just everything. And thank God that I had, like, good mates that I could just ask questions to. Um, just about using all the programming, like, doing zero and, like, learning, like, prac suite and all that stuff. And even shout out to the admin team that work out of Kinetic, the, the building that I work out of. Like, they've been awesome. They've saved me multiple times, which has been great. And my accountant friends that I've been able to call up um, and ask questions to. And yeah, like even you guys, it's just being able to ask people who are in similar situations to you, um, which has gotten me through. I found, yeah, the accounting stuff, the hardest thing getting my head wrapped around. You need to have a systematic approach where everything pretty much takes care of itself. Yes, you have to do work in the back end, but you know that everything's taking care of itself. Then you need to make sure that you're doing everything legally. Yeah. And then you need to make sure that you actually know how much you're making and how much you how much your expenses are. Yeah, yeah. And structuring my days was something that I had to play around a fair bit with because um, I have a pretty limited... It's weird in the beginning, though. Yeah, it's all over the place, but I was pretty good and... Huge shout out to Wabs, the owner of Kinetic. He's been a huge physio mentor for me on how to structure my days. And like, I listened to his words like gospel for that. And like, that got me through. Um, he said, just don't work Fridays, don't work Wednesdays, open up Wednesdays when your Monday, Tuesday, Thursday gets busy. And that's kind of what I've done. And then just structuring the days, like, for times around people. Like, I saw four people in a row once and I nearly died. Like, that's four, <laughs> that's four hours of clients that, like, I was. Of you seeing, have to be on for that four yeah, hours. That ain't seeing someone nah. that's mentally gassed. Yeah, and that's no training experience on their behalf either. Like, I was absolutely cooked. So, like, I quickly learned, right, that's not going to work. We remember our first Kids Day event where we had about 10 kids under the age of nine. Yeah. And we had them for an hour. 
and we had to repeat that twice. By the first hour, we were gassed. Yeah, it's a different level of energy when you're working with a specific, like different population, if you will, like the not the general pop that you would be accustomed to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, I think the biggest thing I learned with um, working with this population is meet their energy levels. Like, if they're up and about, you have to be up and about. If they're not up and about, you can't be up and about. Because, like, especially... They, they typically won't match your energy levels. It has to be... It has to come from you as the coach. Depends on the person. Depends on the person. Sorry to answer you, but... No, nah, you're right. On... It does depend on the person. But, like, a lot of the clients I work with get quite anxious. So, if they come in real anxious and I'm, like, all up in your face, like, yeah. that's not going to end well. I know. Is it in a strength and conditioning setting... We, it's our job to get people up and about yeah. if they're not. In some cases, obviously, we'll match their energy and just talk it out with them. But in a lot of times, we want adaptation in the gym, so we have to get them up and about and fire them up pretty much. So we, that's, I think that's where we have to differ a little bit. Yeah. We have to be a bit more compliant to what the client needs or what the client might want on that day. That's actually a really good way of describing it. I am incredibly compliant with my clients a lot of the time. Yeah. Joe DeFranco terms it best, bipolar training. You suit... <laughs> The individual. You got to. You got to. I do not have one personality in the gym. I have many, many different hats that I wear in the gym, and that's just in terms of personality. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And like the way my clients come in will differ so significantly from week to week. Like yeah. they could come in full of beans one day and like really anxious and depressed another day. So you kind of just get to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest advice for someone going into your space? Don't challenge Ben Ferrero, <laughs> but uh, what else? <laughs> <laughs> my biggest piece of advice I will eat you alive <laughs> uh, do it it's fun like just I don't know it's pretty sick yeah like it, I don't really have one specific piece of advice I'd say just train like just be unapologetically yourself That that's honestly that's my biggest piece of advice to anyone be unapologetically yourself because if you change like who you are as a person you'll lose the passion so you'll lose the passion so damn quickly like not everyone's going to want to work with you and you don't want to have to change your personality to um yeah for anyone so just be unapologetically yourself and that's that's how i set up puzzles i can just be unapologetic in myself i don't need to follow anyone else's business model it's all on me and i love that saying that guys you need to follow puzzles strength conditioning on instagram facebook and make sure you follow ben too I'm probably going to nominate him for Australian of the Year, but who knows? He'll win it one year. Not deserving. Any final words, Ben? No. No, I'm done. I've had a great time. I, I like being on podcasts. Let's go, play some, <laughs> let's go play some basketball. Let's do it. Bench day, baby. All right, guys. Thank you. Make sure you give it a share on Instagram and Facebook and tune in for the next episode. Thank you, guys. Can I give my mum and dad a shout out? Yeah, why not? Shout out to mum and dad. And the Instagram page? No, no, no. Well, they need to make an Instagram page. Yeah, okay. See you later, guys. <laughs>